You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 8th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to go quickly through Friday's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, break that game down for you, and get you ready for tonight, that's Sunday night's game, against the Houston Rockets. Sorry for coming at you so late. There are obviously some big issues to come out of the game against the Timberwolves. I wanted to make sure I covered them on the podcast so you had them in your archives if you ever wanted to go back and listen. So this this episode will have a very short shelf life, and hopefully it will be very short too. I know everyone's very busy on a Sunday. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Minnesota Timberwolves perspective on Friday's game? Check out Locked On Timberwolves. If you want to get the Houston Rockets perspective or look ahead to the Sunday's game and get the Rockets perspective, check out Locked On Rockets. I'm sure they'll have a lot to say after Saturday's loss to the Charlotte Hornets. No matter which team it is, no matter what you're interested in, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we've got great national podcasts, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Hollinger and Duncan NBA Show. Again, no matter which team you're interested in, whether it's in the NBA, the NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you are looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Obviously, the place to start here is not with the game itself. We'll get we'll get to Friday's game in just a moment. But obviously, the place to start was the the scare that the NBA really got, but but certainly the Magic more specifically got in the middle uh, toward the end of the third quarter. Um, I actually did go back and watch the game, and I found the moment that it happened on the broadcast. But it's about four minutes to go go in the third quarter. Steve Clifford walked from midcourt to the bench handed Tyrone Corbin, Matt, one of the Magic's assistant coaches, his kind of play card that he keeps in his in his jacket, and then proceeded to walk off the court. Clifford was later taken to the hospital um, and diagnosed with dehydration. And thankfully it is just that. We do know we do know that Clifford has a bit of a medical history. Um he had two stents put in his heart in 2013 and, and he did say that that this did not feel like that at, at any point. He definitely said that that was a much more painful experience. And it certainly did not have anything to do with his sleep issues, uh, which which he's been which caused him to miss uh 20 plus games during the 2018 season before he joined the Magic while he was still with the Charlotte Hornets. And and Clifford said uh, when he met with the media on Sunday that he is still very diligent about making sure that he gets his sleep and 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 stays on top of that. So this did seem just like a case of dehydration. Clifford rejoined the team. He was let go. He was released from the hospital early Saturday morning. Rejoined the team. They flew to Houston on Sunday. They practiced on Sunday where Clifford addressed the media. And he said simply that he had been feeling sick over the last few days. Uh, and Friday just couldn't eat. He just, and not, not that he couldn't keep anything down, but just, just didn't eat over the course of the day for, for whatever reason. And as the game went on, he felt dizzy and uh, could no longer continue in his role as head coach. Um, obviously, uh, you know, this goes without saying, it's, it's a reminder I have to give to myself as, as I do this, this work. 
Um, and it's a reminder that, that everyone should have is to make sure you take care of yourself. <laughs> you know, just eat the simple things, eating, drinking water, all that stuff matters and all that stuff adds up and, and it affects performance, obviously, in a major way. And, and it's easy to let that stuff slip through the cracks sometimes. Um, thankfully, this was just a, a minor incident. Uh, and, and obviously, everyone within the Magic organization was very happy that Steve Clifford was able to rejoin the team, was able to stay with the team on this road trip, uh, and is clear to coach again. Coach again. He will be uh, in the lead chair on Sunday when the Magic take on the Houston Rockets uh, at the Toyota Center um, Sunday at 7 o'clock. It, it could have been a very dour mood for sure. And, and I think even Aaron Gordon said that, you know, it, that, that the team's organization seemed to decrease a little bit. Not, not that Ty, Tyrone Corbin's a poor coach, but, you know, there, there is a real personal connection between a lot of these players and the coach, uh, and this coach particularly. Um, a lot of it has to do with success, and I think a lot. I think these players really respect Steve Clifford uh, and how he how he treats them, how he approaches them, and 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 how he has built this team sort of back up. I um, mean, you know, I think there is a lot of appreciation and a lot of. Um, uh, there is a connection between between the coach and this team. Uh, again, you, uh, there, there are certainly issues with the team overall that, that that they haven't been able to solve, and you know uh, everyone has their blame on that front. But overall, this is a, this is a group that that has immense respect for for their coach, and 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 I think they were all happy to hear and see that he was doing okay. And as Clifford said Sunday, uh, Sunday when when asked about it, you know. Players texted him to make sure he was okay. They, you know, they made sure he, they made sure he was okay. And when they saw that he was okay Sunday, that's when the jokes began. Oh yeah, um, and, and Clifford said, uh, Clifford said it in, in perfectly Steve Clifford deadpan. That's fair. Uh, um, obviously, uh, you know, I, I've had the chance to work with Steve Clifford. He can he can be a little little combative, I'd say, as 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 a subject in the media. He's he's a very serious kind of no nonsense guy. And and you know, if you don't approach their craft with with knowledge, you know, he's, you know, not going to be, he's, he's going to kind of give you a curt answer sometimes, which, which, you know, again, it's good to have a coach keep you on your toes and, and, and you know, answer those questions. Um, but, you know, he's all, you know, especially during practices, he's always very affable. And, and, I, and I like, the, I do like the guy. Obviously, the results have, have paid off for this team as well. Um, and, and he's certainly been worth his salt. So very happy to see and hear that, that Coach Clifford is doing fine and, and eager to see him back on the bench Sunday. Let's take a quick breath, maybe grab a cup of water, and uh, get into Friday's game here in just a moment. So the Orlando Magic did actually finish the game, um, as, as they should, as, as you'd expect, uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves on Friday, and it was a much, 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 much needed game, uh, both you know because of the outcome and, and the way the Magic, but, but also because of the way the Magic got that outcome. You know, so much attention put on Steve Clifford in that first segment, forgot to mention the other big news, Evan Fournier is likely to miss not insignificant time, um, as, as you may recall. Um, if you watched the game, I don't know if I mentioned it in my podcast, but uh, on Wednesday, um, when the Orlando Magic played the Miami Heat, uh, very early in the game, actually, Evan Fournier went for a loose ball and appeared to hyperextend his right elbow. Um, he was officially diagnosed with a sprain to the UCL in his 
in his right elbow. Um, he said that it swelled swelled up pretty significantly. Um, he posted on Instagram uh, as, as the, and on Twitter as the team was flying to Houston. Um, three-hour flight with his arm in a cast raised above his head. That did not look like a comfortable position to be lying for three hours. And it, it appears that that you know Fournier's got a lot of a lot of work still to do to get himself healthy. Um, there is no official timetable for his return, but Steve Clifford said, uh, you know, to a layman, it might be a little while. Um, so the Magic are probably going to be without Evan Fournier at least, uh, certainly at least till the end of this road trip. I, I can't imagine that he'll be back. Um, you know. Much, you know, I, I can't imagine that he'll be back even when they get home, but, but I think I think they'll be able to reevaluate him a little bit better once that happens. Of course, the swelling has to go down and they got to let it heal. And so it, it, it might be a while before we see Evan Fournier back in the lineup. That absence in and of itself did seem to focus the magic. And, and it certainly seemed to change them a little bit too. Ball was in Markel Fultz's hands a lot more. That's something that I think Everyone on the mag- on the magic spectrum has been asking for a- as someone who can really change games and 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 Fultz really played at the pace the magic are looking for. Um, I thought this was one of the magic's best offensive performances overall from from start to finish. Um, and I thought it was just a game where it always felt like Orlando was in control of the pace, really from the beginning to the end. Yes, Minnesota kept it close, got it, you know, had it had it really tight. In the second quarter, the Magic's defense kind of went in and out. Um, but overall, Orlando got what they wanted offensively. They got to the basket. They finished around the rim. They got, you know, they, they did a really good job getting to the foul line. It really, the Magic just did whatever they wanted to do. Um, and and eventually, the Magic pulled away. Uh, second quarter, the Magic extended the lead out to 10. Fultz getting into the lane. Vucevic getting into the lane. Just everyone kind of doing what they wanted to do. And in the third quarter, the defense really picked up. Orlando... Outscoring Minnesota 37-28 in the third quarter. So that doesn't sound like the Magic played very good defense, but I really thought they did. They forced turnovers. They got out in transition. They turned misses into into fast break points. They picked apart mismatches. They did a lot of kind of short lobs to Aaron Gordon in the post um, where he was able to kind of uh, create space for himself and use his athleticism to beat a guy like Juancho Hernan Gomez or Jared Culver, whoever whoever was guarding him at the time. Um, Fultz, again, got to the rim at will all night long. Uh, and really, the Magic coasted to victory. I, I think there's no other way to say it. Orlando took as big as a 23-point lead. Minnesota did cut into it. They got it down to 10 with about a minute and a half to play. Um, some of that, I think you can excuse for you know the kind of jarring nature of, of Steve Clifford departing. Um, uh, and, and part of that is, yeah, they probably let off the pedal a little bit, um, especially because Minnesota kept D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley on the bench during that run. So it was a lot of the bench guys kind of picking up the energy and playing with a lot of a lot of pride. And, and again, Magic did the same thing, I think, to, to, to get back in the game, to, to really pull away in this game uh, with everyone picking themselves up in Fournier's absence. Orlando shoots 60.7% from the floor. They only shoot 7 of 21 from three, but they get so many p- points in the paint, 68 points in the paint, that Orlando is able to, pr- to, to prevail 132 to 118. Nikola Vucevic led the team in scoring with 28 points, 12 rebounds, 12 for 21 shooting. Uh, he just punished Nas Reed in the post. And while there are certainly some things to complain about defensively, again, just not the whole team, not all the way there defensively. I thought they were good defensively, but not all the way there. Um, Vucevic really just did a great job short rolling in the post, you know, punishing Nas Reed, a rookie, 
uh, like an all-star is supposed to. So I, I thought this was a really nice uh, game from him. Marco Fultz, to me, though, was the star of the game. 24 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 11 for 14 shooting. He really got wherever he wanted on the floor. Um, just did whatever he wanted. Got to the basket at will. The Wolves dared him to shoot jumpers. He made those short mid-range jumpers that he's really good at and in rhythm. And and you could just tell that there was a a different focus, maybe. um, Just a, a different different level of control. And again, we've all asked, and I think we all kind of understand that the biggest adjustment that the Magic could make that they really haven't made um, yet is to give Marco Fultz a little bit more trust in the offense, to let him control the pace of the game a little bit better uh, and let him kind of take control. And, you know, maybe this was the perfect opponent. Um, You know, D'Angelo Russell, not known as a great defender, Jeff Teague, a, a veteran guy. For, for Orlando to kind of play that way, and and you know we'll we'll see what what happens on on Sunday when the when the Rockets are the opponent when the, you know they face James Harden when they face Russell Westbrook and and kind of the onslaught that is their offense and and certainly kind of the versatility that that their defense is is becoming right now. Um, it, it's gonna be it'll be interesting to see how Fultz reacts to this because because again he's been kind of begging for this opportunity. Uh, and again, Friday, he really succeeded in it. I really can't complain too much about Marco Fultz's game. I thought it was a really strong game from him. Terrence Ross also played well, 16 points, 7 for 10 shooting. That's, you know, Ross continues his tear through the league. DJ Augustine with 18 points, 4 for 7 shooting, 9 for 11 from the foul line, 5 assists for him. Michael Carter-Williams, a real surprise here, 17 points, 6 for 7 shooting, 1 for 2 from beyond the arc, 5 assists, uh, just... He did a really good job mixing things up, got to the basket, made his jumpers, which obviously very key for him. Um, but it really just a pest. I mean, I, I don't think Carter Williams' effect is uh, particularly seen in these statistics. I thought he was really, really good uh, throughout the game and really helped change the tenor of the game in so many ways. Aaron Gordon, like I said, an interesting game, 15 points, 6 for 15 shooting, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. I would still say he made a positive impact in the game. Um, because he was able to kind of establish himself in the post, get those baskets, and and kind of be active, even though he was struggling to hit from the outside. So uh, 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 not the best game from Aaron Gordon, but a solid one nonetheless. And Wes Wundu, starting for Evan Fournier, eight points, three for five shooting, did a good job running the floor, which again, there, there are certainly things to say about Evan Fournier, and, and, and consistency is going to be the key. It's, it's, it's less right now. You know, yes, the Magic had one really nice game against, you know, frankly, Minnesota Timberwolves is not a great team, but they've been playing better. Their offense has been better. They, they won their last two games. Um, there, there is something, though, to say that Iwundu does a really good job running the floor, that, that Fournier maybe doesn't just because he doesn't have the speed or it isn't his predilection to do that. And, and you know, the, they'll, there'll be more to say. I think, I think you know, I hate to say this because it's unfortunate to think this way, especially in the middle of a playoff race where I do think Fournier is such a valuable and important player. This next stretch is a little bit of a test run to see what the team looks like without Evan Fournier. And 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 there, the very real possibility that Fournier will not be on the team next year because of his impending free agency. Um, so I think that I think that that's going to be something to watch. I, I, it's easy to get carried away with one game. It is too small of a sample to say anything. Let's see what happens next game. Let's see what, what's consistent and what is a bit of an outlier. I mean, Fultz stepping up. He did that against the Lakers um, back in January when Fournier missed a game. That certainly seems like something that could be real, and, and, and we'll see if that, that carries through here over this next stretch of games. The Minnesota Timberwolves really struggle in this one. 46.9% shooting, 10 for 37 from beyond the arc. Uh, Malik Beasley has 29 points, but very little help elsewhere. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, a constant thorn in the Magic side, 
Does five points on two for 14 shooting Magic do a good job containing him, keeping him uh, inside the paint, keeping him off the three-point line and keeping him away from the basket? Again, the Nuggets shoot just 10 for 37 from three. Malik Beasley only hits one of five. D'Angelo Russell 0 for four. Nas Reed, for some reason, is shooting five three-pointers, one for five for him. Um, really, you know, the guys that the Magic wanted to shoot threes took threes, and the guys the Magic didn't want to shoot threes didn't take threes. They largely contained them. It was, you know, not the best defensive effort. They obviously gave up 118 points, but a lot of that came late, honestly. Um, Orlando, I thought, really kept Minnesota down. They were, they were up by 20 for most of the fourth quarter, or around 20 for most of the fourth quarter. So good focus, good energy on the defensive end helped them take care of business in this one. Again, the final results may not suggest that. Minnesota did go on a run at the end, but Orlando feasted on a bad defense and, and used their defense to create offense, which is exactly what this team needs to do. Again, the Orlando Magic defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves on Friday, 132-118. to They head out to Houston for a game on Sunday. Let's talk about that here in just a moment. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Magic is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Magic fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. You know they're passionate you know that they care about the team that they're, listen- that they're listening and rooting for, and you know that they care about the city too. If your company wants to connect with Magic fans and a predominantly male audience, shout out to the ladies out there, that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'd love to meet you. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. The Orlando Magic continue their road trip on Sunday against the Houston Rockets, and this is a different Houston Rockets team than the Magic saw back in December, but it is still equally as dangerous. Now, For the first time in what feels like a long time, the Magic have the rest advantage in this game. The Houston Rockets played in Charlotte on Saturday in a game that did not go the way the Rockets wanted to. They're now on a three-game losing streak. And a lot of that is they're still figuring out this new lineup that they're trying out, and it's going to be interesting to see how things match up. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the Rockets really, really struggled against the Hornets. They spotted the Charlotte the first 20 points, and while they did make a run, everyone makes a run in the NBA, they did make a run to get back into the game. Charlotte eventually pulled away. Some of that was the Hornets had an incredible shooting night, and the Rockets did not. Some of that is James Harden had a mixed bag of a game, um, you know, didn't, didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Some of that is the Rockets turned the ball over a ton. They actually had eight turnovers before they scored their first points in the first quarter. It was a mess of a game for the Houston Rockets. And frankly, that's the part that concerns me. Um, Especially anytime a team has a bad, bad game like this, just a rock-bottom kind of game, 
and no offense to Charlotte, uh, Houston's a team that should beat Charlotte in their sleep. Um, anytime a team has a rock bottom game, you worry about the next night. You worry about um, uh, the team coming back out focused and determined to fix their mistakes. And especially when you have a player like James Harden, who is very, very good, like like MVP worthy good. Although he's not getting my MVP vote at the moment. Um, whenever you get a player like that, you do have to be a little bit worried. Now, despite losing 108-99 to on Saturday, James Harden still had a triple-double. 30 points, 8 for 22 shooting, 2 for 11 from beyond the arc, 10 rebounds, 14 assists, and let's make it a quadruple-double, 10 turnovers as well. It was a difficult, difficult, difficult game for him. Now, the Rockets were also playing without Russell Westbrook, so it's not particularly clear if he will play in Sunday's game either. But Harden also played 45 minutes. So there's going to be a little bit of uh, fatigue coming into this game for the Rockets, you would imagine. But a fatigued James Harden is still a very good James Harden. And, and even a bad James Harden, as he was on Saturday night, is still really dangerous and can still keep the Rockets in games. Houston still shoots 15 to 45 from beyond the arc in the game itself. Um, they're playing a lot more through Harden and Westbrook, playing this five-out style. And it's this... This five-out style that's that's really become unique about the Houston Rockets and, and really the fascination of the league right now. The Rockets are playing with no center. In fact, they start P.J. Tucker at center. And so for a team like the Orlando Magic, you know, honestly, if the Magic had Jonathan Isaac and Alfred Aminu, this would be the time to trot out an Aminu-Isaac-Gordon line and just say, you know, if Vucevic doesn't work, just go. This is the Magic are the kind of team that would have the weapons to, to match up with them. They, they obviously don't have two of those players right now. It's going to be really interesting to see how the Magic try and use Nikola Vucevic in this game. The Rockets are really committed to staying small. You know, they don't bring anyone big off the bench. They got an eight man rotation right now with Austin Rivers, Jeff Green, and Damari Carroll coming off the bench. So they stay small the whole way. They're, they're not changing that. That is who they are. That is what they're going to do. And so the question is, can the Rockets play Nikola Vucevic off the floor or can Nikola Vucevic force the Rockets to play Tyson Chandler? Can the, can the, can the Magic force the Rockets to go big, to break their rule? And that's the real question. I mean, this Rockets team, using that small lineup, really bothered the Lakers with JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis together. And that's tough to do because, you know, Anthony Davis can, can actually guard perimeter players a little bit. It, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this plays out because I do think the Magic do have one huge weakness. I, I think that because Vucevic lacks a lot of mobility, the Magic do not guard five-out offenses really well. Um, we've seen the Magic go zone a little bit. Uh, if there's a game to try to go zone a little bit, just to keep Vucevic closer to the basket and 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 keep him from being exposed a little bit, this might be the game to try it. Um, but obviously, Houston can hit a lot of threes, and James Harden is a guy that I mean, he had a sixty point game that that didn't look like he was breaking a sweat the last time he played the Magic. Um, so I do expect a more focused Houston effort. There'll be a little fatigue. The Magic are obviously scoring really well. I think they can get into the paint. I think they can score on this Rockets team. It's just going to be a question of whether it's enough and whether the Magic's defense shows up. Um, Rockets are there for the picking. I, I think that that's abundantly clear. Orlando's been sitting in Houston waiting for Houston to, for the Rockets to arrive um, after the Rockets play a back-to-back and, and their guys play heavy minutes. Um, you know, Robert Cummington played 38. 
James Harden, 45. P.J. Tucker, 35. Uh, Jeff Green played 29. Austin Rivers played 32. They had some guys play some heavy minutes and a loss, and ultimately a loss. And so, while Houston will come out focused, there's definitely the opportunity there for the Magic to still pick up a win. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock at the Toyota Center. It'll be on Fox Sports Florida. We'll have complete coverage of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. I'm sorry this episode's coming out so late. Hopefully you can enjoy it on your Sunday before the Magic take on the Rockets um, and, and, and all that. Um, so I do appreciate uh, your patience with me. I'm, I'm trying to take care of my health a little bit too. It's probably a little bit too late. I don't want to say how late it is that I'm recording this. You could probably look at the timestamp of when this published. But we'll be back again tomorrow to talk about the Magic's game against the Rockets. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. Until tomorrow then, this has been Philip Rossman Reich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.